What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, hour two. It's Hale Varsity presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. We say hi to Evan Bland. Follow him on Twitter at Evan Bland OWH. Recently named the Co Sports Writer of the Year. Evan, congrats on that, man. Hey, yeah, thanks, Chris. Appreciate that. It's uh it's it's honestly it's humbling because like and I know you know, it's like it's it's expected, I guess, to say that, but like the, the guys at the World Herald with Sam and Dirk and Tom and of course Stu Pospisil who who also was named, like it's it's really cool to be I'm I'm still like the young guy in that group. So it's uh it's really cool to, to sort of help carry the flag with that. But no, I appreciate that. It's uh, it was a fun year, a lot of fun. Well, Nebraska keeps making this uh, new year uh, interesting with uh, more official announcements, specifically Hires and uh, you got the the rundown today with uh, Garrett McGuire, uh, Rob Dvorak, and and Bob uh, Wager as uh, tight ends coach, and, and also Nebraska bringing in Gordon Thomas for an operations standpoint. And uh, the the common theme is you played for or already coached with Coach Rule. He's uh, continuing to go with his guys and uh, that same page mentality uh, is showing through. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, those are names that we've kind of been aware of for a while, but it's, it's notable because Nebraska makes it official today. And, and so this is the staff, this is the group that Matt Rule's going to roll with in year one. And they have a strength coach and the, uh, you know, the, the sort of the behind the scenes staffers continue to come together, but you would think this is, you know, for the most part, who, who they're going to go with. And, and like you mentioned, uh, I think that one of the, the, the clear common threads would be the connections to rule, whether he used to coach um, many of these guys, whether he um, had a, a pre-existing relationship with them, whatever it might be. And then, you know, youth is, is unquestionably the other element of this thing where uh, everyone talks about Garrett McGuire, who I think turns 24 in a few weeks. Um, Dvorak's still in his 20s. Um, two of the assistants we're going to hear from tomorrow, E.J. Barthel and Evan Cooper, are both in their, I believe, early to mid-30s still. So uh, it's a group that, you know, is going to be hungry. It's a group that... Um, is going to be really, I think, loyal to, to Matt Rule for giving them this opportunity. Uh, we don't know what the, the salary numbers on this thing are. I think that's an, another interesting piece, um, you know, where, where Nebraska had made available a $7 million pool for assistance. And when you go younger, do you, do you utilize that fully, or, or what does that look like? I think that sort of remains to be seen. But, you know, you talk about the advantages of – youth um one of them clearly is you can grind more right like the older you get if you have families other interests things like that um it's just it takes some of that time and i think the more that we learn about this staff the more we learn that these guys live and breathe 
football. Um, you know, I think we're going to learn about that more tomorrow. I know Evan Cooper, for example, is like a lifelong uh, NFL draft like guru expert. Like he lives and breathes this stuff. And there are a lot of examples of that. So um, we'll see how that sort of translates onto the recruiting trail, how that translates into what Nebraska does on the field. But um, it clearly one thing about this staff that it appears you, you can't say is that uh, you know they're, they're, they're taking things easy um, or, or not turning over every leaf, every stone to try to find the guys that they need. Evan Bland is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Evan, when you mentioned the, the youth and the $7 million pool, are you expecting Matt Rule to bring in a, a group of elder statesmen, analysts, if you will, for this football team, guys that can come in and, you know, be, be a, a watchful eye for some of these young assistants? Or do you actually think that the $7 million has been fully utilized by these assistants? I don't know. I mean, I think it's, it's going to be really interesting if you, you know, if you, if you fill out that pool with his staff, I think there's some questions there. Because, like, for example, Garrett McGuire may very well uh, be a, a – future head coach somewhere in the next 10 years it's possible right like you, you see it uh but the fact remains that if they wanted him on staff right now uh they, they could have made him you would think an analyst uh who's making you know whatever two hundred thousand dollars just throwing a number out there uh but if you're a, a power five position coach and you're a receivers coach like you would think the low end of that would be three hundred thousand maybe four hundred thousand uh depending on how that goes so it will be interesting to see if they if they utilize the full extent of the pool on on that staff, or if they can reallocate some of those things um, some of those things elsewhere. But you know, again, like to me, the the big takeaway is that Matt Rule has uh, he's very convicted about his vision, and he's convicted about the kind of guys that he wants to be uh, working with him. And I think he he made a good point on a on a national NFL podcast when he got fired from Carolina saying one of the things that he regretted there was hiring assistant coaches for their experience but who maybe weren't on the same page with him uh with some other things just in terms of, of culture and and how you approach things and, and teach things and so you can tell he's really leaned hard the other way where you don't see uh, really any of these mercenary-type coaches coming in. You don't see any of these guys who, uh, as he would have said, are, are sort of celebrity coaches. These are all guys who are Matt Rule guys, who, who buy into that culture, who um, you know, maybe in a lot of ways owe much of their careers to what he's given them and, and his success. And he's banking on the fact that the, sort of the, the momentum of everybody saying the same thing, pushing the same direction, uh, it can translate in, in a way that maybe is different from, you know, again, a number, uh, maybe more experienced coaches saying different things uh, at different points of the team. So we'll see how it pays off. Um, but, again, I think if there's one thing we've learned about Matt Rule in recruiting and now with assembling a staff, it's that he has a vision uh, and, and he's going to execute it, um, even if maybe it doesn't look the most traditional to what you would think. I like the different recruiting ties each of his assistants will bring. I like the youth they're not going to be outworked. Now it comes down to evaluation, right? Evan, how would you have handled making four hundred grand as a twenty-four-year-old? I would have been a nightmare. 
<laughs> yeah, it probably wouldn't have worked great. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. You know, at 24, I, I, I wouldn't have been living in uh, in a one-bedroom apartment the way that I was. You know, I would have. Same. <laughs> it, it sounds boring. I, I would have started racking up, you know, uh, equity when it went a mortgage and things like that. But uh, I can tell you, I'd have a lot of friends who would who would take note of my salary and would be a little more friendly. Yeah. Evan, uh, note to self: Evan would have bought rental homes. <laughs> Evan would have put the money out on the street. I like. He, he would have been smarter with his money, smarter than me at least. Oh. I'd be out there buying PlayStation 5s and whatnot and selling them to my friends for the cheap. Let's get another big screen. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, Billy Camp. Well, let's spend a minute on Billy Camp, the Virginia transfer. Uh, looks like a slot uh, guy slash kick return option. What's your take uh, with his addition to the receiver room? Yeah, I think that was, you know, it was sneaky important. I mean, you look at that group and what Nebraska had coming back initially, Marcus Washington, who had shown some flashes, uh, Alante Brown, but really beyond that, I mean, there just wasn't a lot of, of proven production in that room. And so they went out and added Joshua Fleeks, who is a rule guy and who saw that, that rebuild take place firsthand at, at Baylor. But I think, you know, Billy Kemp is the guy now that you point to who said, you know, this guy's done it at a power five school at Virginia, um, nearly 200 career catches. And I think the way, you know, that he's he's made his his bones, so to speak, uh, are, are is is something that Nebraska needs, right? Like in the last few cycles, in the portal, Nebraska's found guys like Samori Toure or Trey Palmer, and those have have largely been deep threats or, or burners in different ways. You know, Kemp is a little bit more sort of sneaky in in where he can kind of find his his catches and, and, and his yards. I mean, he, he's a guy who's going to sit in a, in a pocket and zone coverage and, and find something. He's a guy who's going to maybe sneak around a linebacker for a you know, six-yard gain on, on third and five, something like that. So I think that veteran status is something this room needed. And then, you, you know, you, you look at the rest of that position group with guys like Malachi Coleman and, and Jaden Doss and a number of these other freshmen who are coming in, you really needed somebody – who has been there, done that, and can really help lead um, that group? And then again, you know, we mentioned Garrett McGuire. He's he could use somebody in that room who's been there and who can help from a peer leadership standpoint uh, move things forward. And I think Kemp, uh, by all accounts, is one of those more uh, you know more mature guys. Again, he's he's been there and done that on the field. He's uh, sort of got that pro mindset where he knows this is his last chance. If he if he wants to you know, have a career in the NFL after this. And so I think he'll be plenty motivated to come in and do what he needs to do to, to help Nebraska be productive in that respect. Evan, whenever I look at, at Kemp, maybe I've just been burned over the past couple of years, but I look at Kemp as a nice piece, but I don't think it matters all that much if you can't keep your quarterback protected and establish a run game. And therefore, I'll wait to get excited about an addition like Kemp until Nebraska makes some additions in the offensive line or, or shows that the offensive line can be better next year. Is that fair? Have I just been burned over the past couple of years? Oh, it's totally fair. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think it, it was interesting when Matt Rule and then Marcus Satterfield both said they don't expect the O-line to be a weakness next year. They they are very motivated to turn that thing around. And, you know, you look at the moves they've already made. Uh, you know, Ben Scott, you feel pretty good about him being the center, that the Arizona State transfer. You feel, um, you know, pretty good about Nuri Noeli coming back uh, as an interior Lineman somewhere, um, you know they they missed out on Mike Mazuka, the the left guard from Baylor, um, but they're still in the in the mix with Walter Rouse from from Stanford too. He would be a major, um, you know, mainstay at that left tackle spot. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it's a position group where there there are still enough names and there are still enough 
bodies in that room that you can sort of map a path to where they can be good. Like Turner Corcoran uh, could take a step forward in his next year. Ethan Piper has been in the system for a number of years. I mean, kind of go down the line with some of the other guys. Um, and, and I also thought it was notable just the, the backing that Donovan Royal has gotten from both Matt Rule and Satterfield again, where, uh, you know, they feel strongly that this is a guy who can, you know, coach these guys up and develop these guys in the way that this staff has been known to do elsewhere. And so, you know, again, I, I don't know that you can say next year that you're going to feel totally confident about that O-line. You know, guys like Ben Scott, potentially Walter Rouse, uh, are sort of short-term fixes. So, I, you know, it remains to be seen over the course of the next th- three or four years how you can identify and develop some of these players. But again, like, I think there's power in a vision in in and having conviction in that vision, and I think certainly uh, with the hire that they made and with the players um, that they have in the room, um, you know, there's no doubt they're going to pursue down the path that they felt like worked elsewhere before. Evan, I want to go back to to wager and uh, his role as tight ends coach. And I mean, we're talking 200 wins as a high school coach in Texas, Arlington uh, Martin High School, and just what type of game changer can he be what what type of work and results can you expect in texas from nebraska moving forward well he's sort of joey mcguire 2.0 right like you think back to what rule did at baylor um and that the hire of of joey mcguire who had a similar profile was a really successful high school coach in the state of texas um and helped win over uh you know the the state and, and a lot of high schools at that time um, you know, maybe this is a, a sort of another example of that where, um, you know, he, he had a lot of success at um, Arlington Martin High School where he's been, I think, the last 17 years. And you've already seen, even just today, uh, they've started to leverage those connections a little bit, where there's a guy, a 2023 tight end receiver, Ismail uh, Smith-Flores, who has offers to Iowa, Michigan State, uh, gets an offer today from his former head coach, who's now the tight ends coach in Nebraska. So these are guys who, um, you know, probably weren't considering Nebraska three months ago. Um, but when you have these kind of the kind of guy who had the presence uh, the Wagger did down in the in the Fort Worth area, I mean, it does it goes a long way? It's not just his high school; it's um, it's that connection of, of high school coaches, and um, so it's it's. I think it's, it's the sort of thing that we've seen work before under rule. And, and by the way, Joey McGuire is now the head coach at Texas Tech. And I think that worked out pretty well uh, the first time around. And so you bring uh, him to Nebraska, you see what you can do. I, I think it's a smart move if you're going to continue to pound the state of Texas for talent the way that they're looking to do. Evan, last thought here, about 60 seconds. When you look at wager, I mean, he walks into a room that's got some talent. I look specifically at Thomas Fedoni. You might know where I'm going with this whenever I talk about the national championship game on Monday. He's a guy who was ranked higher in the recruiting rankings than Brock Bowers from Georgia. I know recruiting rankings are a little bit of a a crapshoot at times, but whenever you're the number one tight end in the country, you expect some results. He's been hampered by knee injuries. Do you think Wager's walking into a room where, you know, he can get the best of Thomas Fedoni, or do you think those knee injuries might hamper Fedoni's career moving forward? Well, man, you, you hope. You hope he's he's good to go. Uh, I know they the staff last year was really conservative with Fedoni. I mean, there was there was some talk that he could have come back late last year. They decided to shut him down and and let him continue to recover. And and you know, I, obviously that feels like the, the right decision now, moving forward. Um, but you know, it's it, I think medical science has come a long way in the last 
15 years, like, like 15 years ago, a guy who's had multiple ACLs, you know, you, you worried that he'd ever get back to kind of what he was. And some of the videos that Fedoni's put out, just different workout videos would sort of, I think, give you some optimism that he could get to that point. And, and, you know, the tight end position is interesting in general too, because you do lose Travis Volkolek, who was your guy, but you still have, you know, a number of younger um, scholarship guys and, and even a, a promising walk-on guy like Ian Borkature, I'm sorry, Nate Borkature, uh, who, who had some production for him last year. James Carney, uh, you know, who was a promising high school recruit out of Norris is still there. A.J. Rollins sort of had emerged as that number maybe three guy late last year. So, you know, it, that I would say was a position that was well-managed and developed by Sean Becton previously. So, the, you know, I think the bar is fairly high there, but, and the room is, is pretty well-stocked, um, you know, for Wagger to come in there and um, maybe have some success early on. Evan, we will get caught up again next week. Always appreciate your time. And uh, be sure to give Evan a follow on Twitter at Evan Bland, O-W-H. Evan, we'll see you at the presser tomorrow. Sounds good, guys. Thanks.